1: Welcome to episode 171 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello. This time, we read His Majesty's Hope by Susan Elia McNeil, book three in the now ten-book Maggie Hope series.
0: <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. I really need ten books of this. That's
0: okay, okay. I didn't <laughs> expect it to get that deep.
1: Uh, This was published in 2013 by Bantam Books, an imprint of Random House. This particular copy came to us through the magnificence of the U.S. postal system from our patron Eastern Swiss. They asked us to read this for their Patron's Choice episode this year, and it's hard to say no when you mail us a book. Uh, you know, it's like it's already there. We don't have to find it or buy it. And then it's then yeah. it's just there to guilt us into reading it. So good, good tactic, Eastern Swiss. It did
0: stare at me for like two weeks before I was like, all right, I should read this.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, Eastern Swiss had this to say about His Majesty's Hope. I got a juicy one, where a British tutor becomes a spy to fight Nazis, but neglects her duties, gets her partner killed over dumb shit, and never listens to smart people. (laughs) Meanwhile, her half-sister in Germany is a dumbass who tells her Jewish best friend to fuck off so she can take care of a hot pilot in her attic. (laughs) Also, she's clueless about Nazis, despite her mother being a top official with the party. Like, how can you know nothing about what's happening? It's implied that Goebbels sometimes visits her house, like, come on, you know some shit. So, you know, we haven't I, I don't know have we actually never read a Nazi book before
0: I mean it's a it's a book about World War Two. it's not a Nazi book that's a different thing no, I feel I, like. I, mean,
1: I sorry what I was trying to get at is that, <laughs>
0: that like
1: we've not yet read a book featuring Nazis as like the ultimate evil like a World War II book I don't think we've done that yet right yes, yeah
0: I, we have not touched that we have not at all
1: yeah, so timing. it was yeah it was great timing. Um, all right. So if this is your first time listening to The Terrible Book Club, what we do here on this show is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Sometimes, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend or mail to us. So we do the opposite of what most people do when they are in a bookstore or while they're browsing the Internet and looking for something to read. Usually, this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while, we do actually end up liking or even loving the book. Uh, in addition to our usual barnyard language, today's episode includes discussion or mention of Nazi shit—just all the Nazi stuff. You know, Nazis—it's everything they were doing. Hey, but uh, guys, remember
0: Nazis? I think we've heard of them before.
1: Yeah, uh, but this this particular is focusing on the eugenics-fueled murder of children. Uh, there's also some like prison camp talk and minor violence chris would you like to read the back of the book summary like what tell us tell us how uh susan mcneil wanted to pull us in
0: all right world war ii has finally come home to britain but it takes more than nightly air raids to rattle intrepid spy and expert codebreaker maggie hope was she the code breaker?
1: yeah that is not at all <laughs> the story that is a lie her father is an expert code breaker she is not she is not okay. a code breaker <laughs> <All right. laughs> well they fucked that uh, up
0: <laughs> okay back to this maybe it happened before after serving as a secret agent to protect princess elizabeth at windsor castle Maggie is now an elite member of the Special Operations Executive, a black ops organization designed to aid the British effort abroad, and her first assignment sends her straight into Nazi-controlled Berlin, the very heart of the German war machine. Relying on her quick wit and keen instincts, Maggie infiltrates the highest levels of Berlin society, gathering information to pass on to London headquarters. But the secrets she unveils will expose a darker, more dangerous side of the war and of her own past.
1: Thank you, Chris. Uh, Would you like to tell us about the characters and the setting?
0: Sure. We got a little bit of that in the summary. We got our main character, Maggie Hope, British spy and tutor, and I guess Codebreaker, but not.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Not in this book.
0: We have Clara Hess, who is Maggie's German Nazi mom. I guess in the earlier books, she probably was with the Codebreaker dad for a while Maybe. in secrets embedded or something behind British lines. And then she's like, ha ha, but I am Nazi. Uh, no, anyway, no, also- no.
1: What, what happened is uh, they they were in a car accident when she was really little. And the whole purpose of the car accident was to obscure clara's death so then she could run away to germany because it was like part of the german plan for her to have offspring but she didn't want to
0: okay well that seems like a dumb plan yeah anyway then we have elise hess clara's daughter slash maggie's half-sister you have various British intelligence agents and military personnel from Maggie's dad, Edmund, that codebreaker guy, to her current beau, Hugh, to her special division of operatives and Winston Churchill himself. So it's all the whole. Yeah,
1: we even get like a- Alan Turing makes an appearance. He's, a, yeah, like, just up, he's up
0: in here, too. So, <laughs> yep. You know, just Guest appearance by Alan Turing <laughs> and Goebbels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. various various Nazi party members are also here from lowly Hitler youth to all the way up to Goebbels. By the way. I always want to say gerbils
1: <laughs> you to say gerbils that name. you can call him gerbils but yeah
0: I mean it's just kind of you know diminutive to him which he deserves yeah um we also have Hitler's personal physician is in here um and then of course Hitler himself Hitler's in here it's yep. a World War II book he's got to make an appearance as well um we also have Gottlieb Lehrer an embedded spy for Britain Father Licht a resistance organizer in Germany and then Frida and Ernst Elisa's friend and her Jewish husband
1: Yeah, that about covers all the important ones. All right. So Chris is going to take you through our plot summary. This is just so as we are talking about things we liked or didn't like about the book, you at least understand kind of the basic elements of what happened. You know, the rising action, the denouement, you know, the wrap up, whatever. All right, Chris, why don't you read the summary?
0: You got it. It's 1941, and we're in the UK with Maggie Hope, who was secretary to Winston Churchill. And then she also saved Princess Elizabeth, and now she's going to take on the Nazis as the first female ground spy. Churchill is just using her to bait her Nazi mother into defecting with all of her secrets, but Maggie thinks her mission is only to bug her mother's office. Her cover is that she's the girlfriend of a lower-level Nazi officer named Gottlieb Leiter, so that they can get into the house during a fancy Nazi dinner party. Meanwhile, her half-sister, Elise, who she doesn't know exists quite yet, is a nurse at a local hospital who has just stumbled ass-first into the beginnings of the Holocaust. (laughs) Yep,
1: just fell right in. Whoops.
0: Once she figures out that the government is murdering children who aren't perfectly Aryan and healthy, she naively tries to gather intel and find a way to stop it. She ends up teaming up with a local priest who coincidentally is also teaming up with Gottlieb, completing the second everyone-fucking-knows-everyone-else circle in this book.
1: (laughs) And there are, like, two more of those to come. (laughs)
0: Anywho, Maggie's got two boyfriends. John, presumed dead. So I guess, you know, in her mind, she only has the one. Right, right. John was shot down in enemy territory, and Hugh, another agent who she started dating when John died. Unbeknownst to her or anyone else, John was actually brought to Elise's hospital with a bunch of Germans in a case of mistaken identity, and she takes him home to hide him in her attic when she figures out that he's English because he speaks English. Also, Elise's best friend Frieda is married to Ernst, a Jewish man, and Elise puts him in the attic, too. Maggie completes her mission, but comes down with a nearly terminal case of hubris and stays in Germany instead of leaving as scheduled. She does find some important paperwork exposing the plans and figures for the eugenics program, but her cover gets blown within days, and she's on the run, ending up at Elise and Nazi Mom's house because she trusts Elise for no reason other than that they are half-sisters. Frida betrays Elise to her mom, but this literally never matters. Oh, and Maggie had some gay friends, but they also never matter in the story. Anyway, Elise comes up with a plan to smuggle Ernst, Maggie, and John out of Germany inside large instrument cases that belong to her father's orchestra when they go to Switzerland for a performance. Nazi mom figures this out and traps them in the luggage car on the train. Maggie shoots and kills a young Nazi train attendant right as he shoots her. Her mom does end up defecting, and Maggie heals up after she and everyone else is safely extracted. The secret agents and the Catholic Church team up to expose the eugenics program and child murder, strengthened by the proof that Maggie brought back from Germany. Maggie's hard as fuck now after killing <laughs> someone, so she keeps the bullet in her ribs. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, that's never not going to be funny.
0: Sean ends up being a fucking asshole and punching holes in the wall when he finds out that Maggie dated someone else when he was thought to be dead. Hugh is decent, I guess, but Maggie doesn't care now that she murdered someone and needs to go teach at the secret agent school in Scotland for a while. And The that's,
1: end. Yep, just just ends there, and I guess then there's still seven there's more seven fucking more books, books after this. After that. Why? 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 World War II
0: did go on for a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I... You know, I quickly saw the tenth book is like a spy in Hollywood. Like she, like moves to the U.S. <laughs> oh, like they, they ran out of <laughs> yeah, World War yes, Two. Like, yeah,
0: I God, don't know, man. Don't uh, know. She went to Hollywood now to spy on the
1: movies. To spy on the movies. Uh, <laughs> what happens? She's just a
0: gossip columnist. Yeah, <laughs> I, by the tenth book. Yeah, I what a fall from grace.
1: Is it, all right, this is something. This is like when bands just like keep making albums even when they shouldn't. Like guys. Your first three were great. You're done. Stop. You don't need to keep going. I mean, you going. can even just
0: live off the royalties, probably, so you can honestly just... You
1: can just stop. You don't. Aren't you
0: tired? Doesn't tour suck?
1: It doesn't writing books and spinning up all these complicated conveniences exhaust you, dear author. <laughs> so tired. Doesn't
0: it? I had to figure out a way to get her for, for from Britain to Hollywood for some reason. What, what even happened after World War II that was worth spying on in Hollywood?
1: <laughs> Who knows? Um... I don't know. I'm sure there was some shit. Whatever. I don't care. Moving on. All right. Great. <laughs> now you all kind of know what happened in that story. Uh, Chris, what was what was good about this? What was good about this?
0: Okay. I think you and I are kind of divided on this we one. We are. Think maybe, this is a Paris maybe... versus Chris episode. <laughs> <laughs> the Fight. <form> chairs. <laughs> so, uh, listen, maybe it's all the terrible that we recently had on here. Yes, really warped yes, my brain. Yes, I think that's what here. happened. <laughs> I mean, shit was really bad around these parts for a while, so this is just a popcorn spy thriller set in World War II with a high society infiltration flavor. If that sounds like your thing and you're not looking for too much depth, it's well paced. The scope is well contained until kind of the very end. And in compar- and again, comparison to a lot of the other stuff we've read this year, I find myself wanting to find out what happens next instead of begging for the torture to end. So I really, again, just got to hang my hat on that very low hat rack over here where it's like i was kind of interested to see where the plot went and that is fine sometimes that is not everything has to be you know a 10 out of 10 profound thing sometimes you want to unwind after work with your lady spy fights the nazis thing
1: yeah i feel very different so i'm just not going to say anything for now all right what's your next point (laughs)
0: I mean, okay, we might disagree on this, too, actually. I think it's good that the story bothers to give you sort of a first-hand POV witness of children being murdered by the Nazi regime. You might be like, oh, that's a little heavy-handed, but...
1: No, I don't think so. I
0: found World War... I, I am finding... Because I haven't, like, watched some World War II-based media in a while. I mean, half of it is, like, weird conspiracy shit on, like, the History Channel, yeah. which is, like... Every time you... By the way, Paris, whenever you hear someone's a World War II enthusiast, don't you just groan deeply inside?
1: (laughs) Yes, because it usually means they are uh, a Nazi. They're like a fascist (laughs) or racist, or they're so misinformed and uninformed about history that... You know, you worry you, you can't think even have a conversation with them.
0: Is it just because it's like, that's the one where it was like, there's clearly the bad guys. Like, it's been the most clear bad guy story we've had in recent history. So it's just well, real easy to get wrapped up in that. I
1: mean, on the surface, but beneath the surface, it's not actually. Because, like, yeah, um, of course. America, like, was like America was ready to just let all that shit happen and not get involved uh, for most of the war. And there's, True. you know, I mean, plus, like, the Nazis built their you know, eugenics and racial profiling plan and kind of like societal boot crushing on America and on Jim Crow. I mean, that's actually very briefly even mentioned in this book, which which was, you know, a point in its favor. But in any case, I mean, yeah, I think, I think uh, it is becoming, unfortunately, salient again <laughs> to indulge in media like this because of the rise, the rise again of fascism, especially in the U.S.,
0: yeah, and that's why I found this not tougher to get through. But when I got to those scenes where it was like they just gassed children to death and like disabled children especially, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I got to remember this kind of thing when I like am deciding whether to I don't know maybe I'll have to hide a friend at some point." Who kn- when that comes to Massachusetts, when it comes to Massachusetts, you know it's fucking over. But like, <laughs> you,
1: yeah, we're done, right? Like, yeah.
0: but but honestly, it, it's you might find it silly that i'm like oh my god i have to think about like what if i have a friend that i need to like no hide. that's not Literally silly at like all
1: that. i mean honestly like i thought about you because of your vision stuff and like exactly because they mentioned that they're murdering kids that are blind or deaf or and i was just like yeah it makes you think about all the people in your life who wouldn't be there if it was discovered or people
0: in my life that would be like ah, what's the fine if chris ain't around He's blind anyway. Yeah,
1: that would be terrible. Um, I, I will say, uh, before we even get into any other discussion of the book, uh, the probably the best piece of media I've seen in a long time about World War II uh, is the Man in the High Castle. It's fictional. It is an alternate history, but its deeply personal approach to the subject is brilliant, I think. I mean, yeah, it's got some, like, it's got a little bit of dumb fantasy shit in it, but I think the performances are worth seeing. Um, Like Rufus Sewell is just him in that show is like one of the best performances I think ever (laughs) I've seen. And just how, I don't know. I think it really gets, it really gets to you. Um, You do have to sit through some annoying shit in like part of the first season. I personally think the main character kind of, is annoying, but uh, it's worth watching through the end, point being, and it's a really good kind of deeper slice than this is. This is like your real, like, this isn't even the frosting. This book, Mag- the Maggie Hope book, is like the little rosettes on top of a cake. You're not even hitting that first layer oh, I don't even of frosting. Like those. Oh. I'll be honest with you. No. Are you kind of like. The- Get out of here. I will eat frosting Paris. before I eat cake.
0: Paris, no. Like, listen, the only good parts of the cake are the part under the frosting.
1: Oh my God. Chris, our friendship's over. Listen, that's it. The thing, We're done. The Close thing. up the podcast. <laughs> to burn Fine, all the books. That, that's the, yeah, that's the... Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast
0: produced by you. Okay. Like the part <laughs> in between, like when you have like a two layer cake, mm-hmm. that part in between, which I know can also be frosting. Yes. I'm clear with that. But usually when it's something different, that's not the frosting that's on top. That's the best kind of cake. And I, you know, you know what, this might be the type of cake that I always have for my birthday talking because, boy, do they lay on that frosting thick in that one place that I've always been going for birthday cakes.
1: Well, this is why I love your birthday, because usually I can sneak a piece or two of that cake and it's great. <laughs> but anyway.
0: Konditormeister in Quincy, Massachusetts. Go check it out yeah. if you like cakes.
1: Konditormeister, anyway. the German cake. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> relevant. That's uh, how it's relevant to this podcast. Yes. Anyway, back to what was good here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's fine and probably good that we get the like here here's what happened bro.
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, that so one of my points about what was good about this book was how the author seemed to do a lot of research for this and it shows. There's like a decent attempt at immersion by referencing popular dances, music, brands and customs of the times and places, you know, in which the story happens and it also incorporates German language and um it really does a lot uh from that from that perspective, like in terms of incorporating proper and accurate historical stuff. Like even um we should we should mention, I think it's important to say that the even though like Maggie Hope and Elise and Clara, whatever, all made up, um the priests who worked with Gottlieb Lehrer. Like Gottlieb Lehrer is was a real person. I mean, I think his name was slightly different. It was like it was like Gerald Lehman or something. It was like a slight difference, <laughs>
0: but um, that's kind of funny considering Alan Turing pops up in here, but you couldn't just yeah. give that guy like his spot. Yeah, here. I
1: didn't. I thought that was a little strange. But she slightly renamed him. What if it was like
0: During <laughs> yeah. that showed up later? And st-
1: <laughs> Computer guy. Um, <laughs> but in any case, yeah. So the Gottlieb character is essentially real, and so were the priests that. Uh, kind of unveiled the plot. I actually didn't remember this part of World War II history, but that priest at that particular church uh, in Berlin and a few other um cardinals who I think might have not been cardinals until after whatever, like higher up priest guys, they, you know, the Catholic church was like, this is not cool. The wholesale murder of children, <laughs> Be- you know, murder of people who are, deemed quote unquote unfit like they were just not down with eugenics, which like i I don't know i mean i'm I, frankly I'm kind of surprised, <laughs> but they um so a bunch of them took a stand and they kind of they like distributed the same uh sermon to a bunch of churches, they like made public statements and wrote letters and stuff, and it culminated in actually the only time that at least is um Noted by more than one source that people openly booed Hitler in public during this period. Um,
0: yeah, that's interesting because yeah. when that scene happened in this book, I was like, "That did that happen? I don't know. That seems a little it bit handy. Really dumb. Me-
1: it seemed really <laughs> dumb, but it was real. Um, yeah, in 1941, after like right after this had been, you know, kind of circulating in the public, he got off his train at some station in Germany. And at the same time there was also a train loading up people to be murdered. It was part of the eugenics program. Oh, and cool. so everyone at the station, like when confronted with this insane juxtaposition booed him and like and really just you know went for it (laughs) mob mentality um
0: i get you know what i got to hand it to the german people right there because i feel like if i was in that situation the best i would come up with is also booing yeah and and so (laughs) i guess this is what i can do
1: because so most of the time that was like that wasn't happening because he literally had fucking stormtroopers and like uh hitler youth and like a bunch of other i forget other um kind of groups to very uh roughly police people, which is shown in the book, I think, quite accurately, where you're just constantly getting stopped and asked for your papers and like no matter what you're doing. Um but this is like the only documented case there I mean there is there is like some discussion that maybe during the 1936 Olympics people booed him, but I mean there were so many people also cheering that it, it's debated like it was kind of like a boo earn situation. You're like, like <laughs> yeah. were you
0: saying we don't have boo- the over here? No one really was taking that data right there. I
1: was saying Boo-it-la. um <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, they,
0: they, yeah, they question you that way when you get back home. Yeah. Like, we have this, this tape here.
1: <laughs> so, in any case, uh, that this scene, even though Chris and I both thought it was ridiculous, actually happened. Like, Hitler really did get cool. booed you know, out of the your, Again,
0: again, point in the author's favor. Yeah. They did the research. Right. So, you know what? I, yes, I am the stupid one that has not like done a lot of World War II research because I, you know, the general points of like, don't do that shit, please, is not lost to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean and and I think this is um this is kind of a big point in the book's favor because so many sort of popcorn thriller books set in a historical time period don't don't bother to make it very historical. It's like the historical part is literally just the set dressing of like this happened during this war. I will I will say uh The Highlander TV show is very much like this where uh Duncan MacLeod is in he's involved in every war or conflict or anything that sort of like checked a box on like a western history list and
0: (laughs) a knife fight in a back alley in britain somehow he was there (laughs) it's
1: it's absolutely absurd he was
0: involved in all of them
1: right and there's like he ends up integrating with like uh a few different like native american groups and um there's oh like my God,
0: I didn't realize that happened to the oh, Highlander. I've only seen the Highlander movies. No, <laughs> the show. It's not Christopher Lambert, right? No, he's not the star. Um, oh my god. Christopher Lambert trying to pretend to be Native American would have been a piece to watch. No,
1: it's um Adrian Paul who is a martial artist and he doesn't he's like a vampire who doesn't age. He looks almost the same now as he did 35 years ago. Just terrifying.
0: Because he's a Highlander. Cuz he's a Highlander.
1: You're right. He's Highlander. He just got the, the powers
0: from the TV show. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh but this is that's like a great example of bad historical fiction where the main character is just inserted
0: (laughs) What sidebar imagine being actually immortal and they make a tv show about immortals and you're like i can do that i can act (laughs) i can just i just won't tell them Uh, yeah
1: and you're like you're like because by the time anyone finds out they'll all be dead anyway so whatever
0: Wow, he really got like the immortal vibe down. I I just we have to I know he's like new and like you know he's not unproven, but like I I feel like he was immortal. There was like an He just took a glass and like scratched his (laughs) arm in it for like just to like impress us.
1: Wow, he got stabbed right through the abdomen. He was fine the next day. That's that's we're just not gonna think about it. Uh it's like lightning. well no that would be fucking that would queen be is if he, playing in the background. If he yeah god oh god can we talk about how good the fucking theme song is all right if y'all haven't heard the theme song for the Highlander tv show it's princess of the universe by queen and it's fucking sick <laughs> it's so good <laughs> i i walk around my house just just like being like i am immortal it's very addictive
0: freddie mercury had like extreme rob halford energy on that one track i feel like well you know that judas priest kind of like yeah
1: and you know super
0: powerful
1: well and it's funny you say he had rob halford energy because there's definitely a line about like having sex with women in that song and it's very confusing (laughs) like why is this in here what is happening Oh, right. I guess because this is all for right. a TV show about super masculine swordmen.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's the good stuff in this book, unless you had anything else to add, Paris. Oh, I was just
1: going to say, uh, just in terms of basics, like it was clearly edited, as you already pointed out. The pacing was great, with one glaring exception we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, you know, the flow of events and the dialogue was all fine. It all kind of makes basic sense. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Yeah. All right. Things that were All bad. Right. Speaking of
0: that one pacing misstep, uh, there was a subplot in here with two of Maggie's friends, David and Freddie, who are gay men in Britain. Um, and the subplot is essentially they get accosted for being gay. And there's a whole couple of scenes with because David gets attacked and like Freddie goes to the hospital mm-hmm. to like be with him. And there's a whole thing about david's dad seeing them kissing and like all that kind of stuff there it largely seemed unnecessary because it didn't have any bearing on the broader plot at maybe this is like something that will come into play or was in play in the earlier books and like you want to see what's david up to here yeah i don't
1: know but i agree i mean you you your note says it was a c plot this was like an e plot this book already had Four other things going on, and then there's also just random chapters about these two, and it's like every time it happened, I was like, "Why are we here? I hate this. Why are we here again? I don't care about these characters because they're they appear so briefly that you there's I mean, I didn't even develop a connection with the main character. Never mind these like <laughs> e plot guys. Like I, I uh, yeah, it was not. I a guess great the intention. point.
0: I think the point is to show that Britain also had its share of bigotry, as any country still does, right. and I don't know maybe just sort of not that I'm saying it was like both sides in World War Two or anything, but it was you know it's just making me perhaps a little point about like well, it's not like Britain was always the good guys and everything all the time, but they, but they don't I ever don't... even
1: make that point. it's just like. It's just ha- I don't know.
0: Just the, the thing—the fact that it happened—is the point. Yeah, I think I, right. Like just that the fact that they were attacked in a back alley by British guys.
1: But like in but a, like, in a three hundred and twenty-five page book, did I need fifty of those pages to be about these two? No, no, I didn't. I did not.
0: Yeah, especially if you if you're trying to make that point, and I'm guessing there, I'm I'm just completely guessing yeah. that that's the point of the inclusion there. If you're trying to make that point. And as we mentioned before, Alan Turing pops up in your book basically to just walk into a room and, like, hand the solution to a code problem. Because, like, you can just accept, well, Alan would have figured that out, I guess. He walks in and he's like, oh, I understand this code and just solves the issue and hands it to Maggie's dad. (laughs) So if you're going to have him in there for that one scene, why not use him to show some? Because he was a victim of that. So I feel like he would be have been a better opportunity. But again, I'm assuming that David and perhaps Freddie were in earlier novels and you want to keep them in there Uh, just for a brief moment. Be like, and this is what David was doing at this time.
1: I think you make a great point. And even if David dated, even if David and Freddie were in the other books, they don't have to be in this one. I mean, you know, it's like they could have just brought them back in a later... But, yeah, I agree. Like, Alan Turing is the obvious choice here. If he's going to be there for a hot second to be like, and then Alan Turing solved the problem and everyone clapped, like, why not use him for more <laughs> and than... And all the
0: computers clapped, and too, all... <laughs> because he programmed them to clap <laughs> yes. because he was the first person to make a computer clap.
1: Right. I, yeah, it, it's really just an unfortunate... Uh, I, yeah, I just didn't... And I get the, didn't really get the choice there. Um, this, like... Look, my biggest problem is this is like this is like the safest book we've ever read. It 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 feels like a YA book because there's zero nuance. We don't we do not get like the regular people being frog boiled into radicalization. We get literally Goebbels and the head of the trial murder program slapping nurses in parking lots and people who have been radicalized but have no depth and we have like no investment in their character, so it doesn't matter. The reader also is never trusted to infer anything. They have to be shown it. Like, kids getting gassed. Like, if okay, if this is like Babby's first experience with World War II historical fiction when you're like 10 or 12, fine. This was fine. But I thought this book was for adults, so I was like a little confused because the language is like really simplistic. And I just, I don't know. It's just a really if this is for younger readers great but that's not i think that's not what it is unless i'm wrong i don't know i could check the internet what does the internet? i, I mean like
0: the, sort of the steaminess with maggie and certain people i felt was like i mean that's in ya fiction too yeah and it, was, fiction. and it was I and mean, it was very much like
1: be... they he inserted his penis into her outside of the sock hop in the alley like it's really that <laughs> clinical um and then there's another point where they're like they were kissing and getting very warm and taking off their clothing and then they decided they were too tired to finish the deal. <laughs> like it's
0: relatable. It's, <laughs> yes. Relatable content. Um <laughs> but, <laughs> That's how you know it's for adults. That's the real significance of <laughs> Like I had work today and I we had a big dinner. Is it okay?
1: <laughs> dinner.
0: You just want to watch T V for a bit.
1: <laughs> I am really not sure if this is uh if this is classified as YA or not, I don't know.
0: Is it, I mean, do we have like what is really the classification for that? Like what who decides?
1: Um I feel
0: like you always have to have like some kind of shapeshifter or supernatural or vet like there's gotta be one of those elements in there for it to be <laughs> no, YA. No, like, that's truly. I mean
1: that's a, I understand what you mean, but no, not necessarily. I'm just checking the like Amazon, like you know it's like all the categories something is in.
0: Why don't books have like the the video game maturity rating system? It's Like is this E for everyone? What's this? <laughs> is, this
1: is this X? It's an X game?
0: <laughs> That's, that was E O, I believe, or A O was what like was the that? designation for like adults only, I believe, oh. was like the only like five games ever got that. Like the one that was about uh riding a BMX but your character has her tits out. Oh, like that God. one game got
1: why were humans...
0: It was called BMXXXX.
1: Uh, I can't. <laughs> That's like
0: the one game I remember that got an AO rating.
1: Oh, Jesus. um, No, this is this is ranked in historical World War II fiction, espionage, thrillers. I guess it's not supposed to be YA. Just... I think
0: it's for grown-ups, Paris. This is for grown-ups. It
1: doesn't feel like it's for grown-ups, though, <laughs> which is why I kind of had a problem with it. It just felt really... Yeah, really simplistic. Like the language, like it. I guess I'm trying to say that that's what
0: I mean when I said popcorn, right? Yeah, like, like we the, don't really get the language, too in depth. The
1: language isn't artful. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot of depth. Um, so that was my main issue. But I guess I don't know. I guess there's plenty of adults out there who maybe haven't engaged with this topic. Like I said, Chris and I both learned things from it, so. Yeah, I guess it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just not, you know, if we're talking about our experience reading the book and if we liked it or not as individuals, I I didn't love that. I wanted more from the book in terms of both language and sort of depth of character and, and kind of emotional internal struggle. It, it definitely lacked that for me. Um, do we want to move into like plot stuff that was kind of weird or just character behavior that was kind of weird?
0: Sure. I mean, that seems to be the next best section for us.
1: All right. So you may remember from our brief plot summary that Chris read earlier that there was a line saying Frida, Elise's friend who is married to the Jewish man, betrays Elise to Elise's evil Nazi mom. And that I I cannot explain why that was even in the book, because it's there for about two pages. It literally never matters because... Uh, Frida tells Clara, like, oh, I know Elise is hiding people in the attic. And if I, you know, if I tell you this, then you have to promise to save my husband or whatever. And Clara's like, oh, yeah, whatever, sure. But then Clara defects and doesn't do anything with that information. So it just dies before it even goes anywhere. So, like, the inclusion of it, I question. Why? Why add this needless layer, especially when Frida has no reason to betray her friend and the the worst okay the the worst part about this whole thing is not even that it doesn't matter and that like the motivations are questionable for the character but that um Frida is like Elise is so naive i i can't believe she thinks she's going to be able to do anything to solve this like they're killing german children whatever And then, like, a few hours later, she's like, okay, so if I tell the evil Nazi what I know about someone hiding two random insignificant people, they'll totally let my Jewish husband live, right? And fuck my friend who has helped me a bunch of times. Like, I, She's like, oh, she's so naive. And then she goes and does an extremely naive thing. Like, (laughs) if you think Nazis are the ultimate evil, why would you think that they would bargain with you for the life of your Jewish husband because you know about two people in an attic like those people it's not like it's the president of the united states in the fucking attic like it's just two (laughs) people who aren't that important i that whole thing i don't know did you feel similarly about this
0: yeah i mean so when eastern swiss gave their sort of reasoning for um, why they wanted us to read this book and they said her half sister in Germany is a dumbass and who tells her Jewish best friend to fuck off so she can take care of a hot pilot in the attic I kind of disagree with that sentiment a little but bit yeah, because at do. least do does too. take does take in the friends and honestly like there is a little bit of she's not like I don't want to take it she's like it would be risky for me to do that I don't know if I can do that at first Frida just wants at least to talk to Clara and she does try to see if they can get and she does so I don't like really I don't think there is like the sentiment of like fuck off I'm gonna take care of this hot pot. because also Elise like d- like he's wrapped in bandages the whole time too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never, it, right? I like, never
1: get the sense that she's like, mm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rescue this pilot and then fuck him. Like, I do not get that sense at all, not once.
0: So, so, so... I get the point I'm trying to really make here is that like. Similar to you, I agree that I don't understand why Frida would make the leap to be like, oh, if I tell Clara about these two people, they'll save my husband. Why? You're not, you don't have any more leverage after that. Like, you got to slow burn that or like tell, like, tell Clara that Elise is up to something. And I can tell you if you smuggle me and my husband out of the fucking country something, right. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah,
1: it, it's just but like, so even so, it, it doesn't make sense from a from a character motivation perspective, from what we know about the character. And then it just doesn't matter in the story. So I don't understand
0: why <laughs> there's a lot of things in the story that end up not mattering. So is this a good segue into Clara's evil plan? Oh. That also didn't matter?
1: Oh my god, yeah, it's pretty stupid. We barely Um,
0: mentioned this in the summary. So, so Clara has an evil plan to poison the British water supply. She has agents in place in Britain. Well, she thinks she does. And that's why. She thinks she does. She thinks, you know, she. And. They are going to poison the British water supply, and that's going to get her favor with gerbils and Hitler Ger- and all of those fellas there. <laughs>
1: yeah, just a massive shambling gerbils, squeaking and <laughs> yes, shrieking the, and pooping. The perfect
0: Aryan. <laughs> so anyway, her plan is to poison the British water supply again with fluoride.
1: Fluoride. Fluoride.
0: Not fan- like fluoride with like a different, just the, just sodium the same fluoride, fluoride just Sodium fluoride already yep. in There and it's not like she's like even doing like a lot of it. I think it's because you got to do a lot of fluoride for it to be a problem, right? Yeah.
1: So I'm all right. So this is this is we're returning to a segment we like to call Paris tries to do math, and (laughs) this is Paris tries to do chemistry math. I, I clung to a B, desperately in organic chemistry in high school i got a d I, oh, so shit. i'm
0: definitely not qualified no, to talk I am, about this i
1: mean that b was uh a weighted b because the whole class was <laughs> so bad so uh, i probably also got a d in chemistry uh, secretly um so but like i was just like all right let me figure out what's the lethal dose of sodium fluoride because the book is specific it does say sodium fluoride it doesn't provide you know a different form and i'm like all right what are the levels of like what are, like, the levels of toxicity? Like, because she doesn't even want to do it to kill them, right? Should, does she? No, no, it's not like
0: she's like, I'll poison them all, and then, like, we'll be rid of a lot of British people. It's just like, I'm just going to poison them in general, and that'll probably fuck things up for a bit.
1: Okay, so, right. So, like, a lethal dose of sodium fluoride is about 5 to 10 grams for an adult. It produces gastrointestinal discomfort, like... 15 to 20 times lower than that. So you're talking like 0.2 to 0.3 milligrams or something. And so I like so she was what? Gonna like make everyone shit a lot for a couple days until the water supply ran through the floor? My end?
0: evil Nazi like... diarrhea plan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. we. I, I should say drinking water has 0.5 So half to one milligram per liter for tooth hygiene. So that's, like, not a lot. I guess it can can produce discomfort at, like, several times over that. Like, you'd have to go, like, 15 times that to produce any sort of, like...
0: You're like standing over the British water supply thing with like barrels and barrels and barrels of, I guess, pure sodium fluoride, just like shaking it in there. Like, I (laughs) guess this will be enough. Well, so that that's across multiple, like, right, like you have to get it into so many spots. So
1: they said that they were going to poison nine municipalities, and like, if you think about how many people lived in like London or Manchester or like Birmingham, you know, any any sort of large city, I'm thinking like to kill people you would need a hundred bi- a billion grams? I don't know like To like be a clear lot?
0: even in the book Clara is like I'm not even sure what this is gonna do but it'll probably do something and and like in the end, it's probably like she probably just gave him enough to have stronger teeth. There's some kind of <laughs> British teeth joke yeah. in here, yeah, or something. But like, why would you make your master villainess's master plan also stupid and not matter and probably benefit people a little bit if it's pulled off?
1: Yeah, I was confused by that too. I mean, and there's always, I mean, and this is like there, there were there are like, um. There's a common rumor that, like, ooh, Nazis used fluoride to control people's minds in the war. They did not. That is a myth. That did not happen. Fluoride does not produce mind control. Um, There are negative effects of fluorosis, like, when your body takes in too much fluoride over time. But it makes your, like, bones disintegrate, which is terrible. Um, So it's not great, but, like, it's not going to make you a puppet. And also, (laughs) it takes a fuck ton of fluoride to produce that level of um, Is that what the harm? dentist
0: is doing to me all the time? <laughs> is that, is that yes. coming back out there and I'm like, I must floss for two days and then stop immediately after.
1: Chris, <laughs> it sounds like you need fluorosis. It sounds like you actually need <laughs> a heavy dose of fluoride. Um, but in any case, yeah, we were talking about, like, how? why did she think that anyone could transport and deploy that much sodium fluoride in nine different locations in in i just i don't even know so you'd have to fly in big ass planes full of sodium (laughs) fluoride and then like hope that you hit the water tank when it was open i don't it just feels like and like you said for what for what to make people poop a little bit more like i like the British are like, you're literally bombing us from the sky, and she's like, ah, but what if we were also giving you diarrhea? I mean, I guess, I guess <laughs> that does suck. It's more. not great,
0: right? Like, I would not like to be in both scenarios at the same time. In fact, if I had to choose one, it would be the diarrhea probably. <laughs> yeah. And like being bombed and having diarrhea sounds like a terrible time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I imagine that the water supply, like the water supply, would like flush itself out in a matter of a couple of days i mean maybe i'm incorrect about that but i just this whole thing yeah i'm like i don't get why this it's like is her
0: brilliant to plan to like gain favor with like hitler himself Well and, and shit.
1: after she had already fucked up twice i forget what she had done twice before but she had she had kind of she was kind of already like on the outs and she was like "Ah, oh, yes i must do one great final plot to be the ultimate nazi blah ha, ha. and then it's this and you're like what
0: I... <laughs> they'll all shit themselves it's very like, briefly eh, just a maybe two change days of clothes and you're fine yeah, like, <laughs> I, just, I don't
1: yeah i and i'm also confused as to why the author made this choice
0: that's what i mean like, like why, why why would this be the evil plan like uh, yeah be, like, it's like
1: whether the author or the character's motivations like neither of them make sense and i i just i don't get it
0: is this another case where they're like there was a stupid nazi diarrhea fluoride <laughs> plan in <laughs> history and we're like why would you do that that's stupid and then she <laughs> is just more well researched than us
1: i don't think so because i really don't No, because the myth... Because the idea that Nazis used fluoride during the war was a... It's a popular myth. It's not true at all. So this almost feels like you're sort of perpetuating the idea that Nazis used fluoride when that wasn't true. I, Man. It just... It made me laugh when I read it, too. I was like, this is so dumb. I just...
0: (laughs) Okay, so that's again part of things just generally not making sense and being questionable from a perspective of imagining the author writing this and being like, "Yeah, that's the choice I'm going to make."
1: There's another like major thing that we hated we both hated about this book is everyone being related or knowing each other conveniently. In everywhere you fucking turn, like Maggie's it's Maggie's mom or her sister or her dad and then it's like her half sister is like rescuing her boyfriend and it's just I I can't I can't handle this.
0: It ruins the scope of things that have like yeah. a bigger scope. Like, right? Cause, like if we if you're ta- starting to get things into the higher levels of like Nazi hierarchy and stuff like that, just always bringing it back down to this very personal level feels incongruent to me. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do a story that involves these higher ups, you probably want to involve like a lot of disparate people from different social circles and functions within both Britain and Germany at the same time. So when you kind of make it like, oh, it's kind of like this one family that's at the center of everything. It really dilutes it. If you want to focus on one family, you kind of have to remove it, I think, from the super high stakes stuff. like th- That has to be affecting them instead of like them being in the middle. Right,
1: like, what are... I Just think about it. You have Maggie, who worked for Winston Churchill and saved Princess Elizabeth, and then her dad is a notable British codebreaker spy. Her mom is a notable super high up Nazi like sort of cultural officer. She's an opera singer, which I think we forgot to mention. And then her half sister is the one who saves her British boyfriend who was downed in Germany and happens to be at that hospital and not found out. I mean, and then like Elise, (coughs) the half sister also happens to be the one to like stumble onto the eugenics program that they're all trying to stop. I mean, fuck off. Even like, Gottlieb there, uh, her, like, fake boyfriend for her cover, he ends up also being involved with, like, Elise and the church. In- and it's just... Fuck off. Fuck right off. I you hate
0: know, this. I finally... I think I've coined the term that we're going to use for this moving forward, Paris. What? This is plot nepotism, is what this is.
1: <laughs> plot nepotism. Just keep getting family
0: members involved in this well, shit, because, family- I mean, you already had your foot in the plot yeah, door. Yeah, it's
1: like... Yeah, it's like family members or just people you know, somehow they're all involved in this massive wartime spy conspiracy thing, and it just sucks. Like, it just it makes me fucking roll my eyes. It makes me not care, and it really, to be honest, takes me away from the historical stuff because all of the characterizations and the plot nepotism is happening it makes me feel like, well, none of this has to be real, which is, I think, why Chris and I were like, no one booed Hitler. That can't be real. Because, like, <laughs> because all of the trappings of how the people know each other and are connected seem so fake that it makes you doubt the actual historical facts in the book, which sucks. That's not how I want it to be. I want to trust the historical facts because the author clearly put a lot of time and energy and effort into researching and integrating the stuff in, but then it just doesn't really stand upright atop the plot nepotism, as you put it. Like (laughs) It's kind of wibbly-wobbly, and it just makes me go, eh, I don't really care about this. And Yeah. yeah, it's so unbelievable and stupid I don't understand the motivation. Like, I'm sure this author could have written a book where that was not the case. Why? Why
0: do this? And again, you could also just make it like people that you are friends with or, you know, because certainly, especially I think I only mildly disagree with you on some of that resistance stuff where it's like, oh, Gottlieb is also involved with the priests and everything. An underground resistance well, like that, that makes lives no, and dies Godly, based on its, like, connections stuff, being, right yeah, so. Gauntlet
1: being involved with the church makes sense. I think what doesn't make sense is Elise stumbling into that and being like, oh, I guess we're uh, all involved in this. It's like, what are the chances that Maggie's cover True. would also be involved in the same church underground movement that her half-sister is while her half is okay. also rescuing her boyfriend like that's what i meant okay understood yeah, yeah.
0: yes fine because i was about to make a point about like well a resi- you know underground resistance does live and die by like the small perhaps network of course and like a lot of people will be like in these different and i enjoy that about a kind like some stories when it's like a lot of people coming together but as you clarified just now no it's more about elisa's involvement happening to be there and also involved in the maggie (sighs) plot at the same time it's
1: it's ridiculous um i yeah i i hate it i hate it it made me it really was like a huge this is like a very large point Uh, against this book for me i just found it especially when
0: elise doesn't find out about the holocaust because of the involvement with her mom she stumbles into it like investigating some weirdness at her hospital
1: yeah yeah i guess that's a good way for us to talk about eastern swiss's point when they wrote in asking us to read this is that Yeah, like, how the fuck does Elise not know anything when, like, Goebbels and her mom are having an affair, probably, and, like, he's always at the house hanging out, and they're always having these Nazi dinner parties where they're like, yeah, fuck the Jews and shit, and it's like, you're not gonna, you're gonna tell me that no one was like, by the way, we're murdering people, like, the eugenics program, I just, yeah, I find that hard to believe as well, that that would not have come up at some point.
0: They definitely weren't hiding it, even in the book. No. Like it, Goebbels was walking around, be we like, "We really got them now." Like you know, <laughs> it's moving forward, and Elise would, would never have like piped up, like, "What are you talking about?"
1: Yeah, and I don't really see how you wouldn't connect the dots because the one of the big parts of you know the Third Reich was we want to make the race pure, you know, not that obviously I'm not endorsing any of this, but this is like, this was their viewpoint. Really top billing
0: with the third right. Yeah,
1: they were like, yep, you got to be like healthy and strong and then real white and blonde or brown haired and blue eyed or something. And it was very obvious that like, if you were, I don't even want to say disabled, if you just weren't, if you weren't like, whatever the pinnacle of health and perfection they thought you were um, whether it was because you were blind or deaf or had a disability or you know I don't know maybe maybe you honestly just your hips weren't formed the right way so you couldn't give birth to children like all anyone was considered lesser and I and like you know you weren't able to have like certain jobs or whatever so I don't get why yeah it doesn't make sense to me that by 1941 (laughs) Like, this is, this is mm-hmm. deep in, like, Hi- Hitler was elected in 33, right? Is that right? I think it was 33. And before that, you know, this movement was gaining steam. So you're like, you're pretty deep in at this point. <laughs> like, if you don't realize that we're yeah. murdering people again, It's, for being it's different... very
0: top billing on all their party materials and things like that. And I just don't see how, I guess it makes me feel the same way as when I hear a certain type of person that really is like oh all these types of people should just move away and you know figure it out somewhere else not around here like where do you think that's going to end <laughs> yeah do you really think do you really think that they'll just leave naturally and you won't have to deal with them anymore it's going to end in murder
1: yeah there's really no world where oh they just need to go somewhere else doesn't end in yeah. In I genocide. just want to live
0: and let live. Like that, do you have you considered the just the logistics of picking up your whole life and moving away? Now compound that a few million times. Yeah. And you won't don't see how there there might be some long term effects that you had not considered or possible ways to get people to leave that you hadn't considered?
1: Yep. Not great. Uh yeah. So the fact that Elise is like, I had no idea, and then just like literally falls ass backwards into you know into the Holocaust at her hospital is is bizarre. Yeah. I um another thing that sucked about this book was uh Maggie. She uh <laughs> she's, she's not she's yeah, real She's fine, but like she gets lucky that her gamble pays off and she's like like, don't fucking reward her for her shitty, boneheaded plan. Like, she was supposed to get dropped into Germany, bug her mom's office, and then get the fuck out of there literally the next day. She's like, I'm going to stay and become global secretary. And it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you don't... <laughs> like, your cover is going to so easily be blown because as is... It is
0: a thin cover at is, best, too, right? Yeah, it's like- a veneer.
1: Um. Especially because, like, as as demonstrated even in the book, the Nazis kept extremely exacting records. So, like, her cover of, oh, I met Gottlieb in Rome when I was his secretary, like, while he was there. If anyone had checked one file, they would have known that that was not true. Because they would have known who was assigned to be his secretary when he went to Rome. Like, so... I don't know like she so she goes to the inner so I should back up a little bit when they're at the fancy Nazi party at her Nazi mom's house you know when they're supposed to like figure out a way to get the microphone in her office um they end up meeting Goebbels and go and was going there too I forget there was like a bunch of high-end Nazi people and they're talking and like he takes a liking to her or somebody takes a liking to her and is like, oh. He's looking. He's gonna be looking for a secretary. Like, why don't you interview? I forget if it's Gubbs himself or somebody else. She takes his card, and then that's what she's. She like decides later that night. Like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna interview for this job. And it's like,
0: what do you <laughs> think? This whole time is like, what the, the fuck? fuck are you talking about?
1: Yeah, he's like, look, man, they're
0: going to kill me. By the way, they kill him. <laughs> yeah. Later.
1: So she. So you know Gottlieb, who is who has been an agent, an undercover agent for far longer. This is Maggie's first mission, FYI. He has been an agent for far longer. He's like, absolutely not. You don't deter from the plan. You stick to the fucking plan because when you don't stick to the plan, it like, because communication is so difficult, like, diverting from the plan should only happen if it is absolutely necessary. It is not absolutely necessary. She has nothing to go on she's just like oh if i become his secretary then i'll have access to cool stuff and it's like lady the second they check your papers at that interview you're gonna be done because your papers won't hold up to scrutiny they'll hold up for like you know a casual check on the street but not for a job in the nazi party like are you fucking dumb and so gottlieb's like you can't do this she's like well you can't tell me what to do I'm my own woman. Don't mansplain yeah. spying to yeah. me. <laughs> and it's just like, oh god. And he's like, he's like, you're gonna get both of us killed. And she's like, whatever. I do what I want. I'm a strong female character. And then <laughs> she. In, goes to the interview luckily she bombs the interview because it involves typing on a German typewriter and like she obviously <laughs> did re-
0: you yeah. really didn't fucking take that one through <laughs> like, what is she pretty hilarious, like, oh I'll just type in English oh shit
1: I, I actually <laughs> thought that was a great inclusion of like how fucking dumb this plan was um, because you know she can speak German with uh, you know just not she-, she excuses the accent by saying she grew up in Switzerland or Belgium or something they speak wacky fucking German in those places. More on that at a later time. Um, anyway, she speaks German well enough to get by. Um, but she yeah fails to remember that she's gonna have to type a German keyboard. She fucking fails the interview, so they don't even check her papers because she failed step one. Like before they even check your papers, they want to make sure you can actually type. Which, to their credit, yeah, good system makes sense. So, um, <laughs> she leaves without getting her papers checked. Uh and then I don't remember how but she's like well that didn't work I'm going to find another way to stay here and I
0: she becomes secretary for the other guy. Oh,
1: she bumps into him after she flunks the right. So she's at the Nazi whatever main building in Berlin. Nazi job interview. Nazi job that's, interview. That's she rich. leaves, she fl- fails the typing test and she's as she's leaving, she runs into a different Nazi guy that she also met at that party. And he's like, you know, hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, I flunked out of this job interview. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. He's like, oh, does that mean you're free? Like, could you work for me maybe? And she's like, uh, and he's like, yeah, my daughter needs a companion. And she's like, okay. She's like, yeah, I've, I've taken care of kids before. That's cool. And he's like, great so she accepts the job rolls up to his house and like realizes that his daughter is actually a pregnant adult woman and he just like kind of doesn't <laughs> want to be a dad fucking hates dealing with it and he's like yeah she's pregnant out of wedlock i don't want her like seen by anyone can you just talk to her and like read to her and she's like uh i guess and so then of course he like Obviously, his his real intention here is to bone down with Maggie. Um, But Maggie is a shitty spy and she doesn't bone down with him for more information, which is what she should have done. (laughs)
0: Like, yeah. Meanwhile, like, again, if you're really deep undercover like that, that is like thing one to do. Right. Like (laughs) if the Americans is any.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just a tv show but um, i thought you were
0: gonna say like that's the american thing to <laughs> do is fuck for information.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes it's it's the american thing to do it's also the uh american <laughs> right. tv show thing to do
0: you want to be a true patriot
1: <laughs> no but seriously sex is sex and fake relationships are used in spying it is a component that's spy 101 yeah it like. is a that's... component to to spycraft and so when she turns him down I was like damn bitch you gonna die but then (laughs) then she actually it turned out to be the right decision because then she's like oh I have menstrual cramps and he's like ugh I'm a man I'm scared of (laughs) blood I guess and so I'm a Nazi officer ew Um, and so (laughs) she goes up to her bedroom and like immediately tries to disguise herself and like jumps out the window and runs down the road
0: um i mean i guess and then when your plan was that naive to begin yeah, with that's probably as bad yeah, as you can it, get for an escape route as well it's true
1: and then like moments after she's run away like an ss van like pulls in the driveway because obviously people found out about her shitty cover story not being i like real. to
0: imagine that the dude just like after he she turned him down he just called <laughs> <the SS.
1: laughs> yeah he was like <sighs> she didn't even fuck me can you just come here and they're like yeah i'll be right over man like uh um yeah so i guess i mean i guess in that case it was good that she didn't have sex with him because she would have been caught or whatever but honestly she should have been caught this whole side plot like the fact that the author rewards her with just allowing her to constantly escape and get away with stuff sucks like she should have been captured, and that would have been more interesting. It would have been more interesting. Like, the fact that she just keeps getting away with stuff and is fine on her first mission, when she detours from the mission and, like, does all this crazy shit, I I just, it makes me so mad. And then, as you pointed out at the top of this discussion point... She does get Gottlieb killed. He fucking gets raided by the SS and he shoots himself. And he is Catholic, by the way, which is like a big point made in the book. So, uh, yeah, good job, dumbass. And, like, there is no discussion about how she directly caused him to be fucking murdered or to take his own life. She feels guilt
0: for one paragraph, I believe. For about two sentences. And that's it. That's the price she has to pay for fucking up is, like, a little bit of that. She's more guilty about the person she directly shot
1: yeah the kid that she shot that was a nazi
0: like a member of the Nazi party like she somehow feels more guilt above that aside from getting the like clutch spy that's been in there for like almost a decade or something
1: (laughs) yeah this guy's been spying for a couple years now and she ends up getting him murdered and his cover blown which is also shitty because that could also mean Blowing the cover of everybody else in that ring he was a part of, including Elise and the priest. And, you know, that, I mean, that priest actually does end up getting rounded up and dies on the way to, uh, Dukau. Is that, was that, is that one of the, I think yeah. So, yes. And that, that is actually truly what happened. I don't know. Part of me is like, well, yeah, you, obviously you need to have some things going wrong in Spycraft, but like the main character always getting away with everything, even though it's her first mission and she's like 20, sucks. Like, I, I don't think. I, I, I think it makes it makes everything feel like there are no real stakes because you're like, oh, she's always going to be fine. Everyone she cares about is going to be fine. The only re- the only reason Gottlieb dies in the story is because she didn't she and Gottlieb didn't really get along very well. And, yeah, and they I, weren't like, friends. Honestly, and that was why I think. um Let's see. Do we do we got anything else here before we close out? How about the code knitting? Oh, the code I mean, I, knitting. I feel like. All right. So
0: this is certainly a thing. Yeah, right? they're, they're, I'm sure perhaps, there's a way to do this.
1: Yeah, there is um there is a tradition of knitting morse code and other types of code um among spies supposedly according to brief internet articles I read. So this is a real thing, but like the amount of information that Maggie was supposed to be conveying via morse code in the book is absurd. Like There were whole, there was, like, two whole long sentences, and I was like, there is no way you knit that in Morse code into some scarf or something next to an old lady in a park, because you would have had to, I mean, Morse code is dots and dashes for every letter. There's a series of dots and dashes, so, like, how would you have written out those two enormous sentences? She would have been there for eight hours fucking knitting till till (laughs) dusk, like, I... I get, I get some, you know, I get doing like a couple of words, sure, but yes, what was- Or like
0: just a simple yes, no, yeah, or like, you Or know. like
1: a direction, a town, like this person go here or something. And I think it is cool, but yeah, the amount of information as conveyed through the book was a little, it just made me go like, that doesn't really make sense.
0: I don't know if it was necessarily Morse yes, code in the It was okay. I thought they had some like unique knitting cipher that only that that was the only Uh, way I could explain like how she got two sentences. So hang on a second. I can
1: check. I have the book. Yeah. Now she called upon her memory of Morse code to alternate knitted stitches with pearls and drop stitches. Translated. All right. Read. Mission accomplished. Staying in Berlin. Great opportunity. Will know more by Monday night. That is a lot. That's a lot of Morse code. (laughs) That's a lot in Morse code. Um meanwhile like the lady knits back affirmative which is fine like that's but like yeah but like mission accomplished staying in Berlin great opportunity we'll know more by Monday night that is so many words even whether German (laughs) or English like I
0: I'll be honest with you I don't know how fast you can knit maybe there's like a really really fast way to do that and you could maybe do it in an hour but that seems tedious when you could just boil it down even further
1: yeah i mean and especially because maggie was like yeah i can knit i'm not great but i can do it and it's like
0: yeah she's explicitly not like the world's best she's not a
1: speed knitter she's not you know that Finnish competition where you're like trying to knit while heavy metal plays behind you or something what is that called again
0: yeah of course we all know about (laughs) that paris (laughs) forget
1: it's a thing um anyway uh, yeah, it seemed like they maybe yeah, like it could have just been a couple of words and not like three whole sentences.
0: It is just far fetched.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, especially when they get approached while they're sitting there knitting by SS. I don't know SS or you know whatever. Uh, I'm not sure. Hitler Youth, I think. Whatever the whatever the you know the rotating Hitler ghoul squadron of the day is. Um. Yes, and they even get approached while they're there, so it's like if you know you're gonna constantly get you know hassled, like why sit there, why sit there for any longer than you have to? I guess is the point, but yeah, I don't know i guess I guess uh Morse code knitting is a real thing it's a real thing,
0: all right, well, Paris, do we have anything else to add?
1: um, there are just a couple of stupid things we we kind of laughed a little bit about leave the bullet in uh at the end like. <laughs> Maggie, everyone's like, yo, you really should get that bullet out of like where your rib is. And she's like, no, I have to have it as a reminder. It's like, no, you don't. Fucking take the bullet out. Don't. You're
0: going to like, that's someone that says that like day one of like, because they're still on the morphine, right? And they're like, I'm fine. I don't feel nothing. I'll leave it. And then like a week later, they're probably like, take the,
1: <laughs> yeah, take the yeah, bullet out. It's not going to be good. I, that just seemed like a really <laughs> stupid thing. Like, I don't know. It just made it. It just added an element of lameness to a book that I already felt was like teetering on the edge of lame um second thing that was just kind of random was i can't believe how much of an asshole john was because okay they talk about how maggie's first boyfriend who she really loved like died you know he was shot down um right right at the beginning of the book and how sad it was because they had seemed like they had been together for a while and like she went to the funeral with his family and how hard it was for her to move on and then when they're like reunited after they get back and everything and they're like, you know, they're kissing and that's when they realize like, oh, we're a little too tired for this right now. Um, But then she the next day, she's like, oh, I got to tell him that I like dated someone else while I thought he was dead. And he flips out because he was like, I can't believe like basically he says, like, I want our first time to be good. And you're like, wait a second you never fucked y'all never fucked (laughs) how long were you dating and like i can't believe that this john guy was like i have a claim on this woman you guys never even consummated the relationship like again not that everyone has to be that way but it's clear in this book that like that's you know we're working under these kind of regular ass um constructs here of relationships and i just like blew my mind that she was so broken up over this guy and they had dated for so long and she was like close to this family, but they'd never fucked. And I was like, what? But then the guy that she dates while, you know, after John dies in her mind, she several months later starts dating Hugh, and like she and Hugh have had sex numerous times. And I'm like, okay, then what the fuck then? Like, so I yeah, don't... you
0: didn't have a problem with it. It wasn't like some kind of like I like to I want to save yeah. myself for marriage purity thing.
1: I don't know. Made no sense. Um, also sucked that <laughs> yeah I John was like that <laughs> yeah, was an asshole. Say. He literally punches holes in the wall when he finds out that she slept with someone else. And it's like, bro, everyone thought you were dead. Like it was very clear that your plane got shot down in enemy territory. Like what? you really he's like i waited come back he was like i waited for you it's like yeah it's not like you had a lot of opportunities to fuck ladies <laughs> when you were dying in a german field and then in a hospital convalescing and barely aware of your surroundings
0: as you were for half of this book like i <laughs> fuck off man i yeah it that's that's really a strange turn because uh, I was trying to operate from like okay, it's like the 1940s and perhaps people have right, mo- you know right. a little bit more sort of reserved about that but you're right that she it's not a problem with her and Hugh so no, and I, I actually can ama- I actually
1: think there was a pretty healthy depiction too of Elise who we didn't talk about this because it didn't matter to the story but Elise actually wants to become a nun but before she's like she's like, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna do it like after the war's over. But she's like, yeah, but, you know, before I'm a nun, I was looking to fuck dudes. And, like, that's when she and her friend are, like, in the alleyway next to the jazz (laughs) club. And it's like he pulled his penis out and they they did it against the wall or whatever it says. Um.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, on top of that, okay, John, you're leaving to fly a plane in war. (laughs) Yes. In a war, you're leaving. Here's your girlfriend you've been dating with for a while. You don't want to right there that's your opportunity right there perhaps yeah really surprised they didn't
1: they didn't get that done before he left so it's real shame um but maybe it's
0: was he tired all the time beforehand is this a recurring thing i don't
1: know but uh anyway just that fact and his response was just really confusing um i don't know and then the, the and then keeping on on the on the john train here okay so he is a british pilot get shot down in German territory, but somehow he gets rescued as a German. And like, so did all of his clothes blow off? (laughs) Like, was he so far away from his plane that they didn't know he was British? Did he not have British dog tags on? Like, I'm just trying to piece this together and I don't quite (laughs) understand how no one knew he was British.
0: It doesn't say, like, he's extra burnt, too. Like, like if he was, like, very burnt, like, perhaps, like, his clothes really did come off, and, like, then he couldn't talk for a while. He was... I mean, I guess he just shut the fuck... up. I mean, was so, injured. If they're saving you, I wouldn't... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't speak up and be like, I'm English, right. and, like, get immediately <laughs> get killed right there. And so, like, to be clear, I'm not... My beef isn't there. <laughs> it's just that how does he not get identified you're right his insignias or anything identified must have been burned away he must have been and he was injured so he didn't throw it off
1: right so like he was i mean it seems like he was pretty seriously injured too they don't really get into any details about what happened but he was pretty seriously injured because he was like not really with it for weeks and and you know and on morphine and stuff so clearly his injuries were pretty extensive but yeah so he would have had to been found like nowhere near his plane uh his dog tags would have had to be ripped off his clothing would have to be have been gone so i don't so he was naked i mean what you don't field? know is that like... he, yeah he
0: likes to fly nude he's a, he's a birthday suit with
1: an yeah so like all of that is. it's
0: just not comfortable i just chafe all the time I, if yeah, i'm not it... like I, I you don't understand So i know these world war Two planes have like an open canopy but i'm fine up there
1: <laughs> yeah like Nude flying is the only, I mean, of course, you know, of <laughs> course dog tags can, like, get caught and ripped off, but I, I guess this is another case where it's, like, so many things would have had to line up for this to have happened, and I, uh...
0: I mean, just give me a line when he, like, finally regains consciousness that he's like, yeah, I threw my clothes away, and I, I had just enough energy to, like, stumble away, and then I succumbed to my injury. Yeah,
1: or, or, like... Um, I was already wearing a German suit because I was, you know, like if he was also a spy, it would have made more sense if he was like, oh, I was already in like German outfit in a German plane. Cause I was like a spy, then that would have made plenty more sense. <laughs> I <don't, laughs> like, I, I just, I don't know. I really had a hard time with that part. Um, l- lastly, uh, I'm just going to say this last thing that I found kind of bizarre in the book. It actually made me wonder if the author was a man. Um, At the very beginning of the book, when we're first introduced to Elise and Frida, they both are nurses at this hospital in Berlin. And the scene is them starting their shifts. And for some reason, they're like, Changing to the point of nudity
0: into <laughs> their nursing outfit. It is, you know, European and over there. They they look more comfortable and less uptight than we no, are. But
1: like, why you gotta change to the point of nudity to get into your work scrubs? Like that doesn't make any sense. Why you gotta take? Once all again,
0: the- they like to nurse nude. Guess- <laughs> it's really just- <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess, n- they're everyone's a the nudist in this book, and everything just makes a lot more sense. Um, and so they're changing, and they're like.
0: Hitler booed while naked.
1: (laughs) 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 So, anyway, our first glimpse into Elise and Frida's friendship is them changing into their work clothes at work, I guess before their shifts start, which is also kind of strange. And they. Nurses do that. i don't know i always see i know nurses personally i always see them going in in their scrubs so i don't know that's there's gotta
0: be some that do it yeah, maybe the job, maybe
1: like. fine which is fine but anyway this this isn't really the point of my issue my issue is
0: i just i'm just trying to cut off the um actually comments underneath the yeah. youtube upload that's yeah. all i'm doing Frida
1: is like oh man your boobs are so great like talking about how much she loves elise's boobs and i was like oh that's that's kind of funny that's kind of strange i was like well it's not the most unheard of thing like sure you know if you're if you're european and nude i'm sure europeans talk about each other's body parts it doesn't seem that weird but it was like a little bit of a weird thing to put in the book and then a few sentences later they slap each other on the ass before their ships and I'm like okay who is this scene for like like why was this like this I
0: honestly felt that way too I thought like oh are they like involved in a relationship and that's gonna be that's kind of the what kind I story thought like Elise is like being persecuted for, for her that's like, what I thought too. or something but no 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 it's just like this one off random like wow we're hot nurses it felt like the start of a porno <laughs> yes I heard I gotta be honest I heard the you. porno
1: music behind me like starting and I was like why is this opening like this? This is really strange. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, really questionable. Sort of a questionable um, combination of things, right? If any one of those things had happened on their own, I wouldn't be. It wouldn't be as like I, I'm like as uh you know. Are we about to what start? What do you mean? You
0: don't compliment your friends' boobs and slap each other on no. the butt all the time? No, I don't. For work shifts, we don't
1: because that's. I I mean, I guess if you and your friend have already established that's things you do, fine, but... Sure. Again, just in the...
0: That can be be happening in a friendship, but it's just, you're right, a little... (laughs)
1: Like, in the context of this book, too, that's, like, so sanitized for all the other kind of romance and sex stuff, it was really odd to have it just start with, like, two naked nurses talking about their boobs and slapping each other on the ass. (laughs) Like, okay... (laughs) right susan mcneil if that is your yeah, real name. i really hear
0: like the wah-wah guitar and like the loud bass <laughs> yeah. like turning up slowly
1: <laughs> so um just a, just a scene so funnily enough chris i had the same thought i was like oh elise is gay elise and frida are like are lesbians and then it wasn't that and i was like <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess
0: we just accidentally added this porn intro into yeah. this I mean, book, I'm sorry, look, look, it, it spilled into my book. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I just thought it was funny because it, it did it did kind of make me laugh and, and you know, produce that kind of reaction. Obviously, people have different levels of comfort in their friendships, it's fine. If you want to talk about each other's boobs and slap it's each other possible. on the ass, it's fine. I'm not it's saying fi- it's bad, yeah. I just thought it was kind of odd in the context of the larger book. That is all I'm getting yes. at
0: that's that was also my point if you like slapping each other's boobs and talking about how nice and ass you got go for it like if you've established that sure
1: oh, all right well now that we've uh, slapped this plot on the ass what what do you think Chris can we fix it
0: okay uh, you, this again this is our point of disagreement I feel like we're gonna get in a big fight at the very end of the episode here Where like it's fine I think this book is can fine give I'd chair, give it like a seven out of a ten <laughs> Like a 7 out of 10, Ooh, maybe. Oh, no, that's, no, that's too high. That's probably that's high. my, like, you know, again, it's my warped brain after splattering it and during an interview with the devil <laughs> oh, is, like, just adding two points <laughs> because, yes. like, it's not needlessly gory or makes absolutely no fucking sense. <laughs> I, what I mean by 7 out of 10 is, like, this is probably enjoyable for the type of person that wants, like, I just want another World War II spy thriller with, like, this high society lady flavor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would drop the David and Freddie plot yeah. and sort of make it less about one single social circle. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. It'd be really cool. That that's all I really need, and I would. This is fine.
1: I think we did forget about one good thing about this is that it did flip perspectives a lot, which is something we both like in books. But again, <laughs> if it, yeah, not not the same social circle. Um, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. This can totally be fixed. Cut that, like e-plot or whatever with David and Freddie because it just feels like total padding and distraction for the love of the spirit of storytelling do not make everyone related or in a relationship and conveniently like reunited or near each other it is so lazy it makes me hate everything else about your book that's good Like, if John is going to be alive after all, maybe have him show up, like, way later or in a more realistic circumstance, for example, and not, like, conveniently rescued by Maggie's half-sister at the same time that Maggie is also in Germany. Um, The whole Frida double-cross literally never matters, so why bother? Same, honestly, kind of same thing with the fluoride thing like just come up with something else Yeah, change up
0: the evil plan to yeah. be a little bit less about diarrhea <laughs> <specifically>. <laughs> yeah.
1: um also like don't reward maggie for her extremely terrible choices she should have been captured by all accounts and that would have been more interesting like if she had been captured and had to get out of her way out of that i that would have been wildly more entertaining to me than like oh maggie is always fine and she gets out of everything and she always knows who can help her yeah,
0: cliffhanger ending yeah right For, to get you to read book four is like now john has escaped but maggie's still in there like they switch positions yeah
1: right right yeah there were a lot of little things i would change about this but yeah it's totally salvageable i would i'd give this i mean if we're if we're doing numerical ratings i'd give this like a six out of ten uh you know it 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 does a lot of the basic stuff right really a lot of effort put into the history part um it's very uh quick to read um but it really lost points on like lack of style and imagination um and emotional depth or um like inventive storytelling so yeah that's it for me
0: okay i mean so at this point we should thank our patrons yay
1: patrons (laughs)
0: Thank you, Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senior, Jakub, Chorus, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Jay, Lucek, Miri, David, Julius, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Beast with the Least, Scott, Age, Robin, Laxtodes of the Void, The Taco Eating Unicorn, Last Man on Earth, 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobbyboy93, Harry, Mason, Renee, Emmy, The Ugly One, Bleach Black Cat, Julius the Nice Dragon, Eastern Swiss, especially thank you to Eastern Swiss for today's book. Broody Bo Booty and our Kofi Donor Kiwi Thank, Thank you so much for supporting the show and for sending us books to read. I mean, yeah, even if they're a little bad. you <laughs> for sending us.
1: Yeah, seriously, uh, Eastern Swiss, thanks so much for sending this in. It was really, It's always really fun to get a package from patrons and to get a book sent to us. Um, and I thought, like Chris said, it was just a perfectly timed recommendation. So we were able to just slot it right into the schedule this year, really round out the terrible book field. You know, now we can say check check the box we've read the nazi book we've read the world war ii spy thriller we are done
0: all right paris well (laughs) i'm off to do more podcasting in the nude because i have a nude (laughs) podcast that i do everything else yeah that's yeah What you you
1: all don't know is that we're much more comfortable (laughs) we're always nude when we do this uh not just in the summer like we've joked about which is always nude we're always nude
0: it's the only way to like really take care of like non-chafing it's it's a serious issue so be careful people (laughs) Don't get shaved. It's
1: the only way to podcast. It's the only way you feel like yourself, man. Like, really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you later.
1: All right. Uh, Have a... have. Bye. bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash if you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email theterriblebookclub at gmail.com